Well, good to see everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, we're having a lot of fun with Christmas with family. Uh, we've got some great things coming up. How many of you want to be able, in a pandemic like this, and with COVID and everything going on, to be able to do um, some evangelism and some outreach? How many would say, hey, can we do that? Can we do some outreach and do it like in a safe way, in a, in a way that's not going to hurt anybody? And raise your hand. So there's four of us that want to do evangelism. Raise your hand. I'm calling you out if I don't see your hand raised. And, uh, Ma, I don't see you with your hand raised back there. Raise it up. Raise it up. Raise it up. She, okay, there we go. <laughs> we want to do some outreach. Here's a way you can do that. Um, we're going to bring back our porch pies or Christmas cookies. Make some fresh Christmas cookies or, some, or a fresh homemade pie. Put it on your neighbor's uh, uh, porch. Knock on the door. Give them a little treat. There's a little Christmas invitation for Christmas with family service next Sunday. And on the back is blank. You write a little note. Hey, Jesus loves you. He's the reason for the season. He cares about you. He died for you. Whatever you want to do. How many are going to participate? Let's just put I'm going to do that. We're going to, hey, have some fun with this. Go out and just give them some cookies. Give them some a pie or whatever. It's a way to reach out and have some nice fun for the season. People will enjoy it. And who doesn't like to give a homemade pie or some homemade cookies, right? So... The other thing we're going to do, and we're going to have some fun with this, is next Saturday evening, we have three different teams of Christmas carolers going out. We've got Christmas caroling teams, and we're going to have a blast with this. We have homes we're going to visit. We're going to sing Christmas carols. It's going to be that simple. It's going to be next Saturday evening. So we have one team up in the north and the east that is led by yours truly. <laughs> Whoa. Actually, Holly's going to lead it, but... I'm going to tell everybody I'm doing it. Amen. It's going to be fun. But if you'd like to be a part of that, I know Tracy and Karen have said they're going to be on our team. Uh, we're going to, we've got stuff mapped. We're going to hit that Deer Park, Blue Ash area up around uh, on the north and the east side. And then on the west side, we have Dale and Phil McCain. They're going to lead a team. Yes. So everyone that wants to participate, get on the west side with them, can do that. On the Kentucky side, we have a Kentucky team. It's going to be led by our kids' pastor, Megan Blanton. So uh, everybody wants to join up with that. Yes. So we're going to have a blast. There's directions. We need you to sign up online and then pick the team that you're going to sign up with. And then uh, it, there'll be a way for you to tell us online who, which team you want to go with so we're known, we're aware. Um, and we're just going to have some fun. We're going to drink some hot chocolate, go around and sing some carols. You know, when's the last time somebody actually did Christmas caroling? And uh, what a great time of year this year to do it with uh, 2020 being the pandemic it's been and the just nightmare year. What a great thing to show up in somebody's yard and knock on the door and sing Christmas carols at least six feet away. Yes, but we'll do that and we'll do it before 10 so we don't get in trouble being out too late. But we're going to do it. Amen. Yeah. And then Sunday next week's our special Christmas service. I'm going to be preaching a message on the cast of Christmas and uh, why it's important because, you know, here's just a couple of the points. God uses ordinary people and Jesus saves everyone. Everyone needs Jesus. He accepts everyone. Amen. So bring your family and friends. We're going to have a wonderful service. We're going to have communion in here, special communion service. Also, if you want this week or next week out in the lobby, they have a beautiful setup for pictures, a nice couch and Christmas tree. 
Uh, me and my family are going to take pictures out there next week in the lobby. So get your family and friends. Tell them you're going to do fi- uh, Christmas portraits. Don't tell them you're coming to church. Say, hey, we got an appointment at 3. We're all going to get Christmas pictures. Yeah. Get, get dressed up, not in your ugly Christmas sweater, by the way. I feel sorry for Tom and Sandy. they got to go to dinner with me after this. I'm going to the restaurant like this, baby. I'm jingling. <laughs> woo But anyways, hey, man, get them in here. Invite them to come. We're going to have communion. We're going to have a great time. So we got some wonderful things. In January, starting January 4th, uh, we're going to begin a 21-day fast. I know you don't want to hear that right now. But I'm telling you, if there's ever a time our church needed it, it's now. I really, truly believe this. I really believe something's going to open up after the first of the year. And uh, we need to be praying and fasting and seeking God. Amen? Because while we like being out here in the wilderness, this isn't home. Amen? We ain't never going back to Egypt, but I don't want to die out here in Harrison. Glory to God. Amen. Is that all right? Can we smile a little and have some fun? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up in uh, sort of a part two from last week, and uh, I'll do a traditional Christmas message next week. It's going to be great. I, I'm excited about it. I think your family's going to get a lot out of it. But I wanted to just talk on the subject Thanksgiving and thanks living. Everybody say Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. and thanks living. Amen. Do you believe in that kind of lifestyle? I hope so. Amen. Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, living, and I'm going to go back and hit on the, the back side of the, the last part of the verse and parable that I used last Sunday, and it's found in Luke chapter 19, verse 24 through 27. Also, we have version notes. Uh, if you check out version notes, you can grab them, you can list notes, you can save it and, and put it in your, um, and, and keep them for reference at any time. All right, Luke chapter 19 Verses 24 through 27, and when you have it, shout out a good amen. amen. And if you would, stand to your feet for the reading of God's word. I really wanted to take a little more time on this, on the back side of this. I didn't have time last week to finish it properly, and I wanted, felt led by the Lord to do that. So beginning in verse 24 in the New American Standard Bible, which by the way, if you see NASB, that's New American Standard Bible, uh, theologians today and students of the Bible will tell you today that is the most accurately translated English Bible from the original Greek and Hebrew. And so uh, when you read that, it's, it's as close as you're going to get as far as in an English Bible. All right. Then he said to the bystanders, take the mina away from him and gave it, give it to the one who has the ten minas. And they said to him, Master, he has ten minas already. I tell you that everyone who has, more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. Want me to reign, I'm not sure what was going on there, over them. Bring them here and slay them in my presence. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the beautiful Christmas music today, God, and the reminder of your reason for the season. God, we will praise your name forever because the Bible tells us we will. I thank you, Lord, that you are our King, our Master, our Savior, our Lord. This Christmas season, God, we rededicate ourselves to you all over again, afresh and anew. Lord, I pray, Father, you would anoint us, anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. I pray, Father, let this seed fall in the good soil of our hearts and go and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? 
Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have, a paper Bible on your phone or however, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. If they got green on, give them a high five. If not, air high five them. Amen. Is there anything worse than giving someone something and them not saying thank you or showing gratitude? I, I don't know. It's a pet peeve of mine. I just think if somebody does something for you, you should have the decency to say thank you. Isn't that right? Don't, if you do go out of your way to do something for someone and they just walk away and they don't even say thank you or show any gratitude, it just, it just I don't know, maybe it's just a pet peeve of mine, but I, I have a question for you today. Are you truly thankful for all that God has done for you? When God blesses you, do you say thank you? Or are you like the person that someone does something nice, you do something nice for and they walk away and never say thank you? How many times this year... Let's ask it another way. If the only thing you had in your life was the things that you told God you were thankful for this year, what would you have left? You see, the nobleman Jesus had returned, and he's ready to hold these uh, servants accountable. And so I'm going to dig down to being thankful, but before I want to ask you this question, and, and it's point number one is this, simply. Are you a faithful steward? Poke your neighbor next to you and say, are you a faithful steward? Now, what do I mean by that? Luke 19, 16 says, the first appears saying, Master, your mina has made ten minas more. Everybody say that's a thousand percent increase. How many of you would like a thousand percent increase in your finances? A thousand percent increase in the things you do for the Lord? A thousand percent increase in everything you set your hands to? How many would like that? How many of you had somebody working for you, you'd like a 1,000% increase for the work that they do for you? I'm, I'm, I'm talking real stuff here. Listen, it is possible in the kingdom of God when you're serving the king, Jesus, to give him a thousand-fold return. Man, that's, that's powerful. And he took what the king gave him. He invested it. He probably had a lot of fun doing it with his life. And so let me ask you this. What does the master who has got our king say to the man who invested wisely? He receives a threefold return. How many of you know that when you get a return from a boss on this earth, it only lasts for a time? But when you get a reward from Jesus, when you get a reward from God Almighty, it lasts all of eternity. How many of you want to hear what God wants to do for those who are faithful stewards for all of eternity? Anybody interested in finding that out? The first reward of faithful stewardship is public recognition. Look at Luke 19, 17. He said to him, well done. Everybody say, well done. Well done, good slave. His, his public announcement of well done. You know, there's nothing like hearing. There will be nothing like hearing. Listen to me. If you hear, those of you online, thank you for joining us today. There will be nothing in this world in all of eternity that will be greater than to hear at the eastern gate the Lord Jesus himself say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
As a matter of fact, Matthew 25, 21 declares what he's going to say. His Lord said to him, well done. Everybody shout out, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I want to tell you, this is the greatest statement that you will ever hear in all of eternity. This is the greatest thing we can ever be told. is for Jesus to say, well done, enter in. Woo! There's no commendation like that. You may feel hidden away at work. You may feel like you're hidden away in life and nobody's noticing you, but I want to promise you something today this Christmas season. If you will do what God has called you to do faithfully, listen, faithfully, you will be honored before all of heaven one day. I like to picture it this way. I don't think it's going to be a private thing when you stand before the eastern gate and Jesus is on the other side. I really believe this. I believe all of heaven standing behind Jesus. I'm talking the angels, Gabriel and Michael. I'm talking about your family members who were living for Jesus and who have accepted him and died before you. I'm talking about those people in history, the millions upon millions. I believe they stand in eager anticipation behind Jesus. And when Jesus says, well done, and he says, enter into the joy of the Lord. I believe there's a roar that goes up in heaven. I believe there's clapping and hooping and hollering. I'm telling you, there will be nothing. There is nothing on this world that is worth giving that up for. In fact, Jesus said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? There is nothing worth giving that up. There is nothing worth exchanging that for. The greatest thing we could ever hear is well done. And have be hugged by people. And high five. There's no coronavirus there. Glory to God. And man, they get up all in your business. Glory to God. But my point is, I believe there's all of heaven's going to cheer. Yeah. This is something to clap about. This is the good news. You should live every day in light of the day when you stand before Jesus Christ. We should long and live our lives for the day that we hear, well done. The second reward of a faithful steward is a kingdom inheritance. Look what verse 17 goes on to say. He said to him, well done, good slave, because you've been faithful in a very little thing. You are to be in authority over ten cities. The kingdom, listen, the kingdom is not people floating around on clouds like Casper the friendly ghost. We're not going to be a, a spirit out there just whatever. Some cloud, some floating around, some this, some. No, that's not the way it is. The kingdom is a government. The kingdom will be a government. And the future kingdom will operate in perfect righteousness. Now, there was, there was a perfect job. There was work before Adam and Eve sinned. They had to tend the garden. Guess what? There will be perfect work when we leave this earth and we go into eternity. Because he says very clearly that he is going to, we are to be in authority over ten cities. Authority there means that we have responsibility. It means we're working. It means we're doing something, right? Somebody say amen. amen. There will be people in positions of authority who were faithful to King Jesus on this earth. Listen, what you're doing, do not be weary in well-doing. Because what you're doing, what you've been called to do, matters to God. Amen. When you're faithful in the job God puts you in, that's your mission field. When you're faithful to do what he's called you to do, God will honor that. When you're, whatever it is God has called you, whatever field he's put you in, wherever doors he's opened, wherever he's placed you, if you're faithful, God will honor that. Folks, that's the good news. 
The third reward is they receive a bonus. Everybody say bonus. I like bonuses, amen. Luke 19, 24, he said to the bystanders, take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has the ten minas. So he got the mina the master had originally given to the third person. Jesus, as an earthly king, excuse me, just as an earthly king will promote and give to more to faithful people who work for them, so King Jesus will faithfully reward those who were faithful in their assignments on earth. I heard a guy say one time, and it always stuck with me right after we left the lead. He went one way, I went another. I said, man, I'm going to miss you. He said, yep. He said, but we're all, remember this, Dallas, we're all called to be fishers of men. We're just not all called to the same pond. Jesus will never hold us accountable for a pond that Todd Days is called to fish. He's only concerned with, Dallas, did you go fish the pond I told you to fish? Did you go where I told you to go? Were you faithful to do what I called you to do? Because that's all that matters. Did you go where I said go and do what I said do? Were you faithful? Poke your neighbor and say, are you faithful? You say, well, that, that's just not fair. He took the one away from the one guy and gave it to the guy with ten. That's not fair. First of all, fair is not in the Bible. Second of all, it actually was fair because he gave all three the same potential. It's what they chose to do with it. Jesus is going to make sure his kingdom resources are not wasted. If we fail to make uh, use of our kingdom potential and opportunities, Christ will give it to someone else and we'll lose out on it. And that leads me to point number two. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you a half-faithful steward? Poke your neighbor and say, are you a half-faithful steward? Now, this is going to get good. Amen? Luke 19, 18, 19. The second came saying, your mina master has made five minas. And he said to him also, and you are to be over five cities. You see, he had a good report. Although he wasn't as productive as the first, he still had a good report. But that's just like some Christians. Some will bear fruit, but according to John 15, 5, some will bear much fruit. Did you notice that the person, the half-faithful steward, the one that multiplied up to five times, got no public recognition? He said, you're going to be over five cities, but he got no public commendation from the Lord. He got five cities, but no well done. I want to tell you, there's something about public recognition. It does something to a person to be publicly recognized. That's why graduations are so important. I remember when I graduated from Lee College, my new, fairly new wife, Caitlin was just a little baby. My mom made the track up. My brother and my sister, their families came up. My dad, I remember walking, ready to walk across. I look in the stands. I see my family. My dad's crying. Give me the thumbs up. Man, my family's, they're clapping. You know, it made me feel like me graduating from college actually meant something. I felt like there were people in my corner there. There's something about hearing your name, receiving the diploma, and hearing your family hoop and holler and, and be goofy. It just, it just means something. I mean, know what I'm talking about. When I got my master's degree, I remember my wife, my three kids, my mom, all there, you know, getting ready to walk across the stage. I look out, and there they are, man. They're clapping, and they're, yeah. They're, man, it just, it did something for me. It means something. Public recognition matters. It makes you feel special. It makes you feel like someone 
notices what you're doing. Like someone cares. Like, 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 like it's worth something. But I want to tell you, it's great. And it's, I, I still can see the looks on some of my family's faces. All those years ago, I graduated college in 1997. 23 years ago. I can still see in my mind the looks on some of their faces of happiness and joy with me. It meant something. But as good as that meant, and as good as it was to walk across the stage in 2009 and get my master's degree, as good as those public recognitions meant, there will be nothing like hearing Jesus say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Woo! And on that day, he won't ask if you have degrees or if you were the most smart or you were the most talented or had the greatest abilities. He will just simply know that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. If you want to hear well done, you've got to be a faithful steward. Somebody shout amen. Look, what we do in this life matters. We should give God all we have because our king deserves it. When we celebrate Christmas, I'm right there with everybody. I love the trees and the lights and the presents and all that. But at the end of the day, let us never forget, it is about Jesus that came to this earth, chose to walk on this earth, become a human being, bore the weight of my sin on the cross of Calvary, and died for me. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah, that's what Christmas is all about. Man, I want to go out like John Bon Jovi saying, let a blaze of glory. Amen? Some of y'all that are laughing, you know what I'm talking about. Because we weren't always saved. Others have. Look, when you lay your head at the pillow at night. Boy, my mic's working good today. Glory to God. When you lay your head on the pillow at night, you want to feel good that you gave God your best that day. I do. When we reflect on our lives and look back, we want to feel like we gave God our best. We want to feel like we gave God our all. Not some half-hearted, half-faithful stuff, but I'm talking about everything we got. I lived for him. I served him. I did what he said do. I went where he said go. My life belonged to him. I am the ambassador of the kingdom. We're in the kingdom series again. I'm, I'm going to be preaching in and out of this kingdom series for months. But it's about the kingdom. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm an ambassador for him. I'm supposed to live my life for him. I don't want to hear God say, you could have done a lot more. I want to hear God say, man, you were faithful. Well done. You gave it all you had. I'm all in, folks. Somebody say all in. You know, Ray Daniel, one of our church patriarchs, just died, as you know. And the privilege and honor to preach his funeral. And both Kathy and Donnie, his children, at separate times told me they were being very nice. Oh, man, you did an outstanding job with Dad's funeral. We knew you would. Thank you. And I said, well, I said it was actually easy because Ray preached his own funeral with the life he lived. And I could see the wheels turning with Kathy and Donnie. They were like, oh, wow, yeah. I said, his funeral is easy. He preached his own funeral with his life. I have a question. Can the same be said about you? Will someone have an easy job preaching your funeral? If you were to die tomorrow, would I be have to come up with try to find something to say? Or would I be able to just rattle off all the great things you did in your life for Jesus? And it's a real deal here, amen? Some of you are like, Pastor, I can't wait till next week, man. We got to get a Christmas message, man. I'm done with this. <laughs> 
<laughs> Point number three, and let me just tell you, you don't want to be this one. Are you a wicked steward? See, Luke 19, 21 says, For I was afraid of you because you are an exacting man, and you take up what you did not lay down and reap what you did not sow. This person didn't want to lose his resource, so he threw it under the mattress. Right? He took his time, talent, resources, and he hid them. This is the person that has a gift to teach, but will never lead a small group or teach a class because it takes too much time. This is the person that has the ability to sing or play a musical instrument, but will never be on the worship team because it's too much of a commitment. This is the, as someone who has the gift of giving, but they'll never give and they'll never use their resources for the kingdom of God because they're too financially committed everywhere else but the kingdom. This is someone who has the gift of hospitality, but won't serve in guest services because they'd have to get here too early. And they won't host a small group because then they'd have to clean the house every week and make sure the house is ready and in order for people to come over. Am I preaching to anybody? Y'all still love me? This is someone, the person, the wicked servant, is the, is the person that has the gift of evangelism, but they never quite can tell anybody about Jesus because there's always the next TV show, sports game, workout, getting nails done, shopping, and everything else under the sun. And so, God, I just don't have time. This is someone that can cook with the best of them, but they can't find time to give their neighbor a porch pie or some Christmas cookies and knock on the door and tell them Jesus loves them because it costs too much time. In the movie Lilies of the Field, nuns were building a church in town and asked a local businessman to help. The man said, I'm really not in a religion. I'm not your man. But when they started building the church, the man showed up with his hammer, nails, got up on the building and started building the church. They asked him, they said, hey, man, I didn't think you're a religious man. Why are you doing this? He said, well, in case these nuns are right, I want to have something to show. <laughs> you know, that's what the third person was saying to the returning nobleman, the king. I'm not going to get all fanatical in this Jesus stuff in this service stuff. I'm not going to be one of them Jesus freaks, but I'm going to hold on to what I have at least so that I got something to show on the end. But look what Jesus said in Luke 19, 22, 23. He said to him, by your own words, I will judge you, you worthless slave. Poke your neighbor and say, you don't want to be the wicked slave. Did you know that I'm an exacting man? Did you not... Did you know that I'm an exacting man taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow? Then why do you not put my money where I would have collected it with interest? I mean, he doesn't even get an E for effort. Nothing. There are too many in the church, listen, that praise God for his grace, but who are not giving Jesus a decent return on his investment. In the business world, there's something called an ROI, a return on investment. I've got a question for all of us. Am I preaching the Bible? Some of you are like, I don't know about all this. I mean, pastor, you got that ugly sweater and all, and you're jingling. I don't know what's going on here today. <laughs> if Jesus was to show up right now and say, my trumpet's going to blow tonight... And I want to know what my return on investment was with your life. 
You accepted my grace. You accepted my sacrifice. You accepted everything that I gave to you. I empowered you. I filled you with my spirit. I gave you gifts, talents, and abilities. Now I want to know. I want to see what my return on investment is. Not what you were able to do with all my gifts for your own self in this life. No, no. I want to see how my kingdom benefited from your life. Because that's exactly what we're going to do one day. We will stand before him and give an account of this. How many of you know this is true? This is the word of God. This shouldn't make anybody fear, but it ought to wake us up and say, what am I doing for Jesus Christ with my life? This person didn't produce a thousand percent return or a 500% like the other ones, not even a 2 or 3% return. And so the master said he was no good to him. Listen, this is a scary place to be. Contrary to the faithful steward, the wicked steward gets a stinging condemnation. Instead of public recognition, he gets public condemnation. Instead of 10 cities to rule, he gets zero. Instead of getting more minas, the one he had gets taken away. As a matter of fact, he gets the same amount of credit from the master Jesus as to which he produced, and that is none. Folks, this is the Bible. Luke 19, 24, he said to the bystanders, everybody say bystanders. This is where it gets really ugly. Are you ready? Take the mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Notice the involvement of the bystanders. This is done in front of everybody. Instead of standing as a faithful steward and Jesus saying, well done, enter in and all of heaven clapping and cheering. This poor guy hears, you're a worthless slave. You ain't done nothing for me. This is in front of everybody, folks. This means that if we're simply wearing the name of Jesus like a badge or like a decoration instead of living it, everyone will know. You see, Sister Ellie May and Brother Hunter Calvin may carry a Bible under their arms every church to Sunday, every, every Sunday to church, have a smile on their face, sing the praise song, say glory to God, and act like they've got it all together. But if they're not using their talents, time, and resources for the betterment of the kingdom of God Monday through Saturday, everyone will know on that day. You can't hide nothing that day. Motives will be seen. Everything we did will come out in the wash. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that third person. I don't want to be that wicked person. I don't want my work snatched away from me. I don't want, look at the statement on the screen. I don't want to just be a professional Christian. I want to be an authentic one. And that leads me to the last point, and that is simply this. Okay, well, I know there's a faithful steward. Are you a faithful steward? Are you a half-faithful steward? Are you a wicked steward? And the fourth point is, what do I do? Because here's the good news about God. Everyone gets a restart button today. Whether you've been wicked, half-hearted, or all the way in, we get to choose right now what tomorrow is going to be. How many are glad about that? So what do I do? Point four is what do I do. Pumpkin never said, what do I do? Right? Because you give me all this news, some good, some okay, and some bad. I want to know what, what, what do I do? Where do you start in making your stewardship productive and pleasing to God? Well, I believe a good place to start is by praying Hebrews 12, 28. Look what it says. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Everybody say, show gratitude. If you're taking notes, you've got your books out. I want you to write it down. Show gratitude. Shout it out. Show gratitude. 
by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. It starts with gratitude. Start your day and your prayers by thanking God. When God does nice things for you, thank Him. Thank God and Jesus for your salvation. Thank Him for the Holy Spirit residing in you. Thank Him for health and healing to your body. Thank Him for your family. Thank Him for your job. Thank Him for the great church you're a part of. Hallelujah. Thank God for the wonderful pastor you have. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for the food you eat, the clothes you wear. I've done multiple missions trips to third world countries. You go one time, you will kiss the ground when you come back. And thank God for a hot meal. Amen. You see, gratefulness and thankfulness is one of the requirements to even enter the presence of God. Psalm 100, you know it well if you've been in church long. Verse 4 says, enter. Everybody say enter. Enter his gates with what? That means you can't even get in God's presence without thanksgiving. And enter his courts with what? Praise. Give what? Thanks to him. Bless his name. Amen. Look, we can't even come into his presence without being thankful. Practically, don't rush into the prayer closet with a list of requests. Rush into the prayer closet with a list of things you're grateful and thankful for. I'm telling you what, if you will begin to praise God and thank Him for all He's done, your bad day will disappear. The, the spirit of depression will walk right out. I'm telling you, the doom, gloom, and despair will leave. If we will begin to thank God and praise God for all He's done. But sadly, in many churches, worship pastors and worship teams have to cheerlead and prod and hope we can get the people to worship. Listen, we should come in here. Man, just get, give me room. Give me room. Get out of the way because I got some praise on my lips. I, I got some worship down in my heart. I got some thankfulness. And man, when I start thanking God and I start praising Him, I feel His Spirit. All of a sudden, give me room. I got to have room to shout. I got to have room to run the aisles. God's been good to me. He's been better than I deserve. I remember the hole he pulled me out of. I remember the deep miry clay he rescued me from. I remember the sin he saved me from. I remember. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, call somebody and praise him right now. Come on, bless his name. Woo. Pastor, what will they think? I don't care what they think. Man, when I first got on fire for Jesus, we were at a storefront church, our church was, and there was a restaurant next door, and man, whoo, boy, I, just, I was floating on the air. I was running the aisles and dancing. I decided, I, man, I got so excited, I ran outside, ran around the parking lot. It was like this. Ran next door, opened the restaurant, and said, Jesus is wonderful. Give your life to Jesus. Woo! Shut the door. The manager visited the pastor the next day. <laughs> Keep the nutcase away, you know. I didn't care. Because I knew where I was. I knew, listen, I knew, I believed I was going to wind up in prison the rest of my life or dead. And God saved me. 
and delivered me just like my testimony a couple of weeks ago. Rescued us from a mess. Saved me. Gave me a beautiful wife. Three beautiful children. A wonderful church. To pass. Who would ever dream I'd be pastoring a church? Man, I've come to tell somebody. My name is written in the land book of life. I am faithful to God. I will hear well done thou good and faithful servant. I'm grateful for Jesus. I'm grateful for his spirit. I'm thankful for what he saved me from. If you're thankful, why don't you rise to your feet. Give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, give him a shout. Woo! Glory! Woo! Man, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Some of y'all ought to have been shouting more. I know your past. You were a knucklehead like me. Man. Colossians 4.2 says it this way. I'm not far from being done. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Steadfastly. Don't quit. Being watchful in it with what? Wow. Thankfulness and gratefulness. Did you know it's a command? Colossians 3.15, watch this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. That's a command. The peace of God in our hearts is tied to being thankful. Look, it's not a suggestion. It's that you just, it doesn't just apply when you're happy. It doesn't just work on good days when you feel good. This is a command when everything in your life goes wrong. This is a command in a year like 2020. Somebody say amen. It applies when you want to strangle your children and help them go see Jesus now. It applies when you want to tell your boss, take this job and shove it. I'm going to get real. Is that all right? Can we get real? Say, you know, oh, Pastor, I don't say that from the pulpit. You say it in the car. And I better not use the adjectives you add to it in the pulpit either. Somebody say amen. Y'all still love me? I'm telling you, it's the sweater. I don't know what's going on today. It's the ugly sweater. Being thankful applies when you want to send your spouse to Siberia for the rest of their lives. Being thankful applies when you want to tell your roommate, get out, go sleep under a bridge, and don't ever come back to my apartment. Be thankful. Everybody say thankful. thankful. Now in closing, being unthankful, everybody say unthankful, unthankful, is tied to and leads to a reprobate mind. Well, I could preach here for weeks, but let me just hit real quick. Romans one twenty one, Because although they knew God, these are people that knew God, They did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Everybody say they were unthankful. They became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I don't know about you, but I don't want my thoughts to become futile. And I don't want my heart to become darkened. I don't want to have a reprobate mind and have my conscience seared. Unthankfulness produces these things. Because later in Romans 1.28, it says, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do these things, those things which are not convenient. Convenient means the proper or the right thing to do. Notice what you think about is what you eventually do. 
What does reprobate mean? We've heard this all of our lives in church. If you've been in church long, you know, reprobate mind, reprobate mind. Okay, reprobate. You ready? The definition is on the screen. Not standing the test. Rejected. Unapproved. Worthless. God says that unthankfulness and ungratefulness is a path that leads to you being rejected, unapproved, and worthless. That's just serious, folks. See, when sin no longer bothers you, you're exhibiting a reprobate mind. When you can sleep with someone other than your spouse and feel no conviction, you're exhibiting a reprobate mind. When you can slander, gossip, lie, and bring down and tear down everybody under the sun without any conviction, it's a sign that a reprobate mind, you're exhibiting that. Doesn't mean that you're totally reprobate, but you're exhibiting that character. I don't know about you, I don't want that. In fact, Romans 1, 29-32 goes on to say it this way. They have become filled with every... Look at what unthankfulness begins to lead to. They are filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. I mean, this is the United States of America. It's the world right now. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil, and they disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but also approve of those who practice them. This is what a lack of thankfulness and gratefulness leads to. Wow. It's kind of like off bug spray. You go out in the woods in a hot summer day, you spray off on you, what does it do? It keeps the mosquitoes away, right? Keeps the bugs away. Do you know what thankfulness every day does? Keeps a reprobate mind away. It keeps a list of all this junk away. Who would have ever thought something as simple as being thankful and grateful to God every day will keep all that list of junk and sins away? Wow. Keeps you from your heart getting darkened. It keeps you from heinous sins. Wow. How many this Christmas season want to be a faithful steward? How many want to, how many want to start with just simple gratefulness and thankfulness? Now they're going to play something and we're going to sing here in just a second. But I, I'd like for you, first of all, I want you to pray and ask and say, God, ask the Holy Spirit. Just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And just ask, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? Because see, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in spite of me. You'll hear something in this message I didn't preach. That's great. I want you to hear God's voice. Maybe something I said stood out. Just ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Here's what I'd like for you to do. And I, I, don't, I don't mean some mamby-pamby, just, you know, well, okay, God, I'm thankful for Christmas. I'm, I, I'm, I'm serious. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I want you just to begin to thank God for everything he's done for you, from salvation to the clothes on your body to the money in your account, the food in your cupboard, the the Holy Spirit within you, the gifts of the Spirit, whatever it is that comes to your mind. 
I want you to thank him. I want you to thank him in just a moment. Like, if this is all you thank God for right now, it's all you'd be able to take home with you. Are you thankful today? Are you grateful today for all he's done? When I count to three, I just want you to do it. Just begin to spout it out. Man, if you feel the Spirit of God come on you, then you can stand up and shout it. I don't care. And they'll, they'll flow into a song here in a minute, but for at least a minute, maybe two. And if you're at home, do it right in your living room. What are you thankful for? Are you ready? One, and do it out loud. I want, I want you to listen. The king's not ashamed of you. You shouldn't be ashamed of him. Are you thankful? What are you thankful for? Just in your own way. You ready? One, two, three, go. God, I thank you, Jesus. Forever. Just for my salvation. God, I don't deserve to be saved, but I thank you for my salvation. Thank you, Lord. You pulled me out of a deep, miry clay. Woo! I thank you that my name is in the Lamb's book of life. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you have filled me with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I thank you that I have a prayer language. Oh, I'm thankful that you've healed my body miraculously more than once. I'm thankful for your promises, oh God, in your word that I am healed and made whole. I thank you, Father, for my beautiful bride, my wife. I'm thankful for my daughters, Caitlin and Haley, and my son, Aaron. I'm thankful for my mom and dad and my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law and my in-laws, my extended family. God, I'm so blessed. I'm so thankful for the wonderful people of Bridge of Hope that you have brought into my life. I'm so thankful, God. Oh, God, that you have broken the curse of sin from my life. And you have blessed me indeed. I thank you that you've delivered me and set me free. I thank you that there is liberty in my life because of you. I thank you for the call of God to preach the gospel. I thank you that I've found what you've told me to do and where you've told me to do it. I'm thankful, God. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Just, just, just shout out your thankfulness to God. Come on, begin. Come on, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah.